Welcome to the Faith Driven Entrepreneur Podcast. If you're an entrepreneur and you're driven by your faith or want to be driven by your faith, then you're in the right place. This is a podcast brought to you by Faith Driven Entrepreneur. You can check us out at faithdrivenentrepreneur.org. This podcast doesn't exist without you, our community. Please send us any questions, any thoughts you have about how this podcast might better serve you, and any thoughts about or questions on being a faith driven entrepreneur. You're most at risk of losing your identity to your enterprise when you are in the initial stages of it. You have so much to do. You don't know how to do it. You're desperate for funding. You work harder and harder and harder. And all of the research shows you withdraw from faith, you withdraw from family, you withdraw from health practices, you withdraw from friends. Anxiety and depression goes through the roof, 60% chance of being diagnosed with depression, 60% divorce rate versus the national average of 50. So we want to be out there because we think people stepping out of the water need support and structure. We think we can provide that. Welcome back, everyone, to the Faith Driven Entrepreneur Podcast. I'm Rusty. Today, we're going to go to Cincinnati, Ohio, and we're going to speak with Scott Weiss of the Ocean Accelerator Program. For the past few years, they've been on a mission, that mission to equip faith-driven entrepreneurs and owners that bravely step out to try to change the world. Whether it's their ocean conference, their accelerator, they are committed to investing in entrepreneurs who have a faith in God and a passion for success. Henry William and I had the chance to hear about the incredible things God's doing in Cincinnati with Scott Weiss. Let's listen in. This is a special treat for me. Scott's a friend of mine and has been a leader in the space of faith-driven entrepreneurship for several years now and has been very intentional about partnering with a church in Cincinnati, Ohio, to reach out to entrepreneurs in a residential accelerator program as part of a really holistic way of loving on Cincinnati, but then through the far reaches of the world. They've got people coming in from Turkey now to be able to be a part of this Ocean Accelerator. They'd run a conference. And when I think of a short list of people who have been really dedicated to this space, Scott Weiss is absolutely always a part of that. And so to have Scott on the program is probably a little overdue. But one thing that we've been really looking forward to, I guess we've been looking to refine and really make sure that we nail this format before we were ready to bring Scott on board. But we are, and we are excited to have you. And Scott, thanks for being willing to share your time. Thank you so much, Henry. I'm excited to be here. We'd love to get started with you talking about the origin story. How did Ocean get started? What was your involvement? And then bridge into what Ocean does today. Oh, that's a terrific question, as all origin stories are. It's a unique story. So picture a senior pastor walking through a large atrium of a church in Cincinnati. He's walking through every day, day after day, and he sees the same young millennial guys pounding away on their laptops. That pastor's name is Brian Tome. Brian's a pretty impatient guy. So he finally stops and asks one of them, why are you here? Why do you not have a job? And the young guy, a gentleman named Tim Metzner, answers him, I'm starting a company. Because the acorn open to the public, provides free Wi-Fi, and has free coffee. And That'll Tim do it. walked Brian around. Yeah, I'll do it anywhere, man. And uh, Tim walks Brian around and points out 10 different startups. Half of them were being led by founders who do not attend that church, probably had no relationship. Brian's blown away. 
and is a really curious guy and says, hey, I will host a breakfast for anybody from this movement who wants to be there, and I will disciple you. I will provide leadership lessons that are gospel-based, and let's see where this goes. So about 10 people said yes, and six months into it, Brian had discipled them long enough and said, hey, you have to have an active service. You know, key part of being a disciple, being a follower is to serve others. <laughs> so they decided to put up a sign in that church that I attend that said, hey, Wednesday night, we're going to do this very informal gathering, no video, no PowerPoint, no music. We're going to call it unpolished, really raw. And if you're an entrepreneur or if you're interested in entrepreneurship and you want to hear three founders talk about their journey and kind of reveal how God shows up in that journey, come on over. Set up the room for 90 people. 450 people walked in the door. Oh, my goodness. Wow. Now, now we know now what we did not know then. We know now the desperate, lonely struggle that entrepreneurs face. We know now that half the people who attend anything we do publicly are not a member of any church. And they attend because they are desperately lonely. And if you throw a networking event where I can meet other people who are on this journey, or where I might find a customer, or a future co-founder, or an investor, I'm showing up. Now these attendees were all over the board. They're high tech, they're Main Street, they're three years post-launch, they're three years pre-launch. They're all over the board. They're incredibly diverse. About 60% of the people who show up to ocean events are female when we hold them locally. About 20% people of color, and that index is in a city that's about 12% people of color. So this was really mind-blowing, right? So on we keep going, and we start to have more frequent events, and then that same original crowd of 10 Three of them had launched high-tech businesses. Two of them, I believe, had been to other accelerators, and they had found the experience pretty soul-deadening, pretty difficult. And they said, we ought to try to launch an accelerator specifically targeting fast-growth high-tech businesses that integrates biblical principles, particularly around leadership, how you lead your own life, how you lead a company, how you connect that to the mission God set down for you. And we launched it, and that's when I came into the picture. In 2014, we decided to go. In 2015, we held our first class. I was just exiting a long career and had sold the company that I was leading, and I had worked in that career for 30 years and knew that the balance of my life had to be spent both passing on the knowledge I had acquired but also building the kingdom. So I stepped in as the founding CEO and here we are five years later with a much broader operation now called Ocean Programs. That's really cool. This is Rusty. I'm a huge fan of Brian and Crossroads and what you all have done. And, you know, I think lots of people talk about Brian as an entrepreneur himself, right? The entrepreneurial church. And I actually had the, uh, the privilege and the honor. I, I believe it was the opening weekend back in the late 90s sometime when you opened up the big sanctuary for the first time. And I was there. My, my brother lives in the north side of Cincinnati and runs a nonprofit there. So huge, huge fan of what you're doing. And tapping into the entrepreneurial spirit in Cincinnati is a wonderful thing that you're doing. How do you think you know, you've been able to bridge that gap between believers and non-believers, all feeling comfortable 
sort of in this ocean that you've created? So Ocean, when it was launched, was intentionally launched as an independent nonprofit. So we are from the church and of the church, but not a part of a church. And that was a specific design choice that Brian and I made because we wanted this to have the potential to attract interest from churches throughout the region and throughout the nation. And so we are incredible partners of, or rather Crossroads is an incredible partner of ours, but we are not a part of Crossroads. Rather, we are from and of them. Now to answer your question, how do we put this all together? I view Ocean as an open door. In this discussion we're in about entrepreneurship and faith, it's a long journey. And there are people who specialize in taking companies that are post-revenue and already generating revenue or profit, and they want to scale. And let's build into those founders and really connect them on their spiritual walk. We're at the front end of that. We want to fill the funnel with people who aspire to launch a business. And we want to be in that space for two reasons. First, in our judgment, it's the most at-risk space. You're most at risk of losing your identity to your enterprise when you are in the initial stages of it. You have so much to do. You don't know how to do it. You're desperate for funding. You work harder and harder and harder. And all of the research shows you withdraw from faith, you withdraw from family, you withdraw from health practices, you withdraw from friends. Anxiety and depression goes through the roof, 60% chance of being diagnosed with depression, 60% divorce rate versus the national average of 50. So we want to be out there because we think people stepping out of the water need support and structure. We think we can provide it. Once you articulate that we're here to help people on that scary first step or before you even take it, and you never hide that you're basing this on a theology from the Bible and leaning heavily into Christian or New Testament principles. And that's what we have on our website. That's how we articulate everything. And we attract people who are Christian, and we attract non-Christians who are missional. They may be seekers. They may be seekers in another faith. They may have no faith. But they want their lives to matter for something. We get 200 applications a year for the accelerator. And overwhelmingly, the people want to ask them, why did you apply? They said, you're unique. You talk about mission and purpose and principles beyond business practices. I just feel like you're where I should be. And and they arrive and they know what they're getting into. And we never alter or change how we teach things. But we attract people who are open and seeking that wisdom, either because they share my faith or because they have a drive in them to serve a mission greater than just starting a company. And that alone is a huge mission. I can't think of a more compelling incubator kind of call out than what you just said. You know, a place where people can come under the tent that feel missional and purpose-driven with or without the faith, but yet you welcome them in. I think it's a beautiful thing. Tell us more about how you work with these companies and these entrepreneurs over time to be able to help them focus on faith and family and and so that they don't become part of those statistics you mentioned. And then I'm also really interested because I love the fact that there's an outreach component to this. Obviously, you've got a curriculum that's very biblically inspired and integrated. What are the aspects of the program that resonate most with your faith-driven entrepreneurs? And what are the ones that resonate the most with those that may not have an active Christian faith? 
a terrific question. The ocean itself today runs two large training programs. The accelerator, which we have been discussing, lasts about five months. It has a global draw. Half of this year's class, you mentioned one company from Turkey. There's companies from Pakistan. There's a company from London, et cetera. So that's accelerated. We also run small business training, which we call Genesis. And that's for people who are going to start businesses in this region or whatever region we operate in. And that's a job engine for any city, right? Local small businesses create jobs. That's a nine-week program followed with six months of mentoring. And I mention that because both of them rest on the same teaching foundation. And we rely on a concept called the five capitals. God's endowed us all with five capitals, most importantly, spiritual capital, our relationship with him, our relational capital, my friendship with Henry, our physical capital, my energy level, my health, intellectual capital, beyond my knowledge, my skills, am I a woodworker or am I a high-tech guy, and finally, financial capital. And these capitals are supported with specific biblical principles and lots of specific lessons. These capitals are not static, they're fluid, they change all the time. And once you understand you have access to five separate capitals, you can begin to face up to various challenges by drawing on where you have strength or drawing on friends or relationships that have strength in that basis. So we base all the content on that. Companies come into the accelerator. The first thing we do is go away for a weekend retreat. All we talk about is where are you on your spiritual walk? No matter whether you're a Christian or not, we take them through a series of exercises that go deeper and deeper and deeper into who are you? What's your mission in life? What's your relationship with that big, scary uh, guy called God? If you have that relationship, how does that influence your life and why you're here? They come out of that weekend with a sense of where they are on those questions. We then switch gears, and for the next two months, we go real heavy at classic high-tech startup content. We focus on three things, three commercial things. And about that time, they're now making sales calls. They're talking to early-stage investors. They've got their act together. We then go out for another retreat. Again, all we talk about is what is your mission? What are the values you are going to build into this culture you're creating? You're going to lead a company Hence, you're a culture creator. What are the values that you're going to imbue in it and how are you going to sustain them? And from that point forward, which is where we're at in this season right now, all we talk about is how those values come to life, which is bringing into practice the biblical leadership lessons organized around those five capitals I started with. The exact same thing happens in our small business training program, Genesis. And in our frequent public events and in our conference, we always organize them around some aspect of one of those five capitals or the interplay of them. So it's a very consistent teaching outward bound that impacts the people in the program, the alumni we remain connected with, and the broader public who we try to serve. That's really interesting, Scott. One of the things I always find interesting on entrepreneurial journeys is just the surprises and the twists and turns that it typically takes people on. As you have been shepherding people through these entrepreneurial journeys, what maybe surprised you the most that, you know, as you look back over five or six years, what what surprised you? What's really interesting that you found out about how people go down this journey? We had another guest, Julie Barrios, talk about entrepreneurship as a spiritual discipline. 
right? That it is so unique in what it takes people through and the trials and tribulations and the ups and the downs and just interested in your view from the people you've walked with. Yeah, I heard that podcast. I thought it was a profoundly wise answer. And since you breakfasted, I cannot now steal it and pretend it was me. So I really appreciate you teeing that Please up. Please do. Please do. <laughs> Julie, the most of the things that we use on this podcast, we've stolen from you, and you'll notice we've never given you credit. <laughs> um, I think, you know, from my personal perspective, it's such an act of creation. And acts of creation are tumultuous. They're uncertain. They have episodic violence, not physical violence, but violence as walking away from old paradigms, destroying old beliefs, walking away from relationships that are holding you back. So you're literally destroying some things, if not permanently, to gain new things. And so as I engage with the participants, and my wife, Cheryl, and I always host group dinners at our house. And over the course of any accelerator, every founder and his or her family or their employees, we have them over to the house for dinner. So we try to provide some personal support. It's awe-inspiring to me, the steadfast courage that the founders display. In the face of daunting odds and clear uncertainty, that they just keep chopping the wood. They just show up and keep going. And I had never been this close to pure entrepreneurship. I've started lots of things, but in a different format with a lot more resources. And to just watch that, and particularly when you're standing alongside and walking alongside a believer who is starting this as a believer and to watch their faith grow as they connect Julie's word, the journey they're on, and they begin to connect the dots that I'm creating a business as God created. And I'm trying to replicate the lessons he laid down. And of course, none of us will ever be God, but to replicate those lessons and try to walk that out and to watch that growth in somebody, man, I get to sit in a real special place. You do. And I want to take advantage of that special place for a second. I know we have listeners right now who are hearing about this, and in their mind, they're going, I, I think my church, we could, I could. You've been through the experience. What advice would you give if someone is thinking, you know, this accelerator, I can see it. I think we should be doing it. What advice, what pitfalls, what watchouts would you provide to someone? That's a frequent conversation I'm in, and I begin on the practical side. I presume whoever's reached us, and we, in fact, will host on Demo Day this year, we host in the morning a session for churches who come in to watch that, and we'll take them through a three-hour orientation to, if you're interested in this, here's what you should be thinking about. That's kind of our gift to interested parties. But when I meet with somebody personally, they tell me that, I take them at face value that this is driven by their faith, that they hear God calling them to do this, so they're exploring a nudge they've got. So I say, great. That's between you and God. I'll come back to that later. I start on the practical side. I try to help them understand that the accelerator business is a business. You're competing with 220, 214, depending on what survey you go to, competitive accelerators in the United States. So you're competing for applicants. And what are you going to do to distinguish yourself in that competitive marketplace? What resources do you have to draw on? Do you have proximity 
to universities for talent, but just engineers and coding talent. We're blessed here with four great regional universities. And do you have access to capital? What type of investment are you going to make? What's the nature of that investment? Are you going to make it? Are you going to have a partnership fund? What mentorship pool can you pull on? And what specifically are you going to do? Like, we have three commercial things we teach. That's it. And then we take you on a journey to explore your relationship with God and how that impacts your mission. That's what we do. Once you get through that very uplifting little talk I just gave, most of the churches kind of look at you and say, oh, we're not up for this. <laughs> <laughs> but the few that are left standing that think they have mentors, capital, energy, and a leader to pull it all together, then I come back to the more important question, which what do you hear God telling you to do? And why are you doing this? What's the why? And then if they're interested, we kind of open the door and how can we help? That's great. I hope our listeners, because I was listening to that as the entrepreneurial journey, right? Understanding what your resources are, but as you wrapped up there very, very eloquently, you know, understanding your why and should I, should I be doing this? You know, what I find fascinating about all this too is I don't know if Henry William and I were sitting around a few years ago trying to guess what cities would be the ones that we would think are going to step forward and what churches in America would be the ones that would step forward to run a successful accelerator program, Cincinnati would have been pretty far down the list, I think. And so <laughs> the fact that you found your why and the churches found their why and felt God's calling in that is why you're being successful. It's why it's working. So uh, I hope those that are listening would listen to that encouragement as you had gave there and maybe feel a stirring that, uh, if they're supposed to do this, they should. Yeah, Scott, on I, that, I joined you in that. Yeah. Scott, on the, on the Cincinnati side, because I'm fascinated by Cincinnati. Cincinnati is one of my favorite cities. And it's not just because you have the best ice cream in the country, which is my love language, <laughs> and Raiders. And the best but, chili. Uh, and the best chili. And the best Skyline chili. That's right. That's right. It's a beautiful town. It's a great one. I wish I had visited earlier, but I've come to love it. But there's another thing that's really unique and innovative about Cincinnati, too. And maybe there's something about the culture. Maybe you can speak to it. But the initiative that I'm pointing to in particular, because I think that entrepreneurs have this ability. You started off by saying an entrepreneur has an opportunity and really a commandment to obey and serve. And that's one of the things that Brian challenged those entrepreneurs with. But the innovative thing that you guys have going on is that you have a collection of social service agencies that have been brought together in one place so that somebody who's in need of support and love in Cincinnati can come to one spot. And you solved what so many other cities haven't, which is how to navigate the morass of bureaucracy between housing and social security and mm -hmm. the DMV. Can you speak to that a little bit? Because that's an entrepreneurial way to solve a real problem that Cincinnati saw. And you've been doing that for a while. I'm so pleased you asked about that. The organization is called City Link. City Link is a very creative and entrepreneurial way to combat generational poverty. Cincinnati is a great city. It's not my home city, but I, like Henry, have come to love it. Sadly, Cincinnati has one of the lowest economic mobility indexes in North America. And what that means is if you're born here and you're born poor, you're going to die poor you have almost no chance of moving upward economically. So 
city leaders examine that, faith-based city leaders examine that, and a collection of churches stimulated and led by Crossroads, but others were involved, said, we've got to break this paradigm. And they bought some land on the west side of town, and they built a center, and it houses up to 20 different social service agencies. And people who are trapped in generational poverty, meaning this is the third, fourth generation on assistance of some type, come in, and man, they are loved on. From the minute you walk in the door, you are loved on. You go through an intake process, and it's a sequence of activities. Need education, need a GED, here's the agency that does that. Need dental care, here's the agency that does that. Need specific job training, we have several that do that here, including a fantastic kitchen that's just opened a great restaurant, an automotive repair place, coding camps. We do that. Need preparation for interviews? We do that. Need a wardrobe? We've got that agency. And everyone has to go through financial literacy, have to learn how to manage your money. All these agencies within this building, which defeats the number one issue driving generational poverty, which is to go from agency to agency to agency within any city takes, I mean, being poor is hard work, man. It's hard work. Just getting across town for the appointment with the counselor, you can't pull it off. You put them all together, boom, you walk in the door, you're taken care of. It's led by an incredible man, John Mark Uderlis. He's got a background in consulting. He measures everything. He can show you exactly the impact they're having and exactly when one of their participants is at highest risk. He then addresses that in appropriate ways. And John, Mark, and I are in early discussions. Uh, so if he hears this, he'll be angry I said it. But in our early discussions that we want to begin offering our Genesis small business training program on their third floor because he has enough people who've been through that program now a certain percent of them are going to be entrepreneurial and they now have the skill set, confidence, love, and community to be able to enter into this. And so I think you'll see us operating out of there uh, at some point this year, I hope. That's super encouraging. It sounds like we need to put together the first ever Faith Driven Entrepreneur field trip. Go to Cincinnati. <laughs> get the whole company. You know you would be motion. welcome, brother. Well, you I'd just like sold that. me with the ice cream and the uh, barbecue there, so it's not going to be a tough sell. No, chill. 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 There is barbecue there. There is also. I assume there's a barbecue. Oh, there's a barbecue. There's barbecue on the river there. Montgomery. Montgomery Inn, and oh my goodness. Did you hear that? That was from a vegetarian, me me telling you Montgomery's. Yes. That was good. That's quality product. Uh, Scott, as we come towards the end of our time, what's next for Ocean? What are you looking towards? Where are you guys going? And then also, if someone wanted to get involved in what you're doing, uh, some of our listeners, what's the best way to do that? Thank you. Um, we spent the summer kind of doing a vision casting exercise. We had a terrific outside facilitator come in. We really believe God's calling us to expand, but expand in a way that shares wisdom, content, and practices we don't want to control, run, or operate in other cities, but we want to enable and empower the kingdom to grow by helping other people be a funnel, be an open door, attract more entrepreneurs in, set them up to be sustainable, long-term culture creators who can lead their employees and communities in a way that honors Christ. 
So we are organizing ourselves. We're codifying everything. We have published manuals. We are ready to begin talking with organizations about replicating in a way that lets them run it locally, but we feed them the how-to for as long as they need that. So that's next for us. We would love people who are interested to reach out to us. The easiest way is just go to our website, oceanprograms, all one word, dot com. There's that connect button. We're a real big organization, so all the emails come directly to me. So they'll hear back real quickly, and I'll direct them or connect them with the right part of our team so we can serve them in some way. Oh, that's amazing. Thank you so much for sharing that. And then the last question, we love to point our audience back to Scripture and point ourselves back to Scripture, and we'd love to know, you know, maybe where God's taking you right now on this journey, and maybe what's a passage or maybe a story or a place God has you in His Word that's revealing something new to you, potentially today or in the last few weeks or maybe in the last few months, just uh, in this season of your life, what is God's Word teaching you uh, about the journey He has you on today? You know, that's terrific. Rejoice in the Lord. I say again, rejoice in the Lord. Be known for your gentleness. The Lord is near. So that's out of Philippians. I think it's Philippians 9. And I'm just very mindful. Uh, you know, I'm 63. I'm very mindful how blessed I am to do this work. And after a long run of running companies, I now recognize gentleness it takes more strength and endurance than macho. So be known, rejoice that God is involved in my life. Say it again, rejoice. Be known for the gentleness and the Lord is near. So that's the theme I've been on for a while. I'm going to stay there. All of my personal time with God and my readings come back to where in this can I rejoice in the Lord? What is he showing me so that I can display a more gentle spirit? And how can I drive my awareness that he is always So thank you for asking that. Amen. Amen. Scott, thank you for blessing us with your time. Thank you for leading in the community. And thank you for making for a great podcast episode and much more. Thanks, guys. I appreciate everything you're doing. So guys, I thought that was great. I'm more than impressed. You heard me say I had some familiarity with Crossroads to begin with. But, you know, he started with Brian Tome, their senior pastor, walking through and seeing somebody work on a laptop, wondering why, and then, you know, sees it again, sees it again, and then asks the question, which turns out to lead to Ocean. And I'm so impressed by that because Brian came from the marketplace, right? He was a brand manager at Procter & Gamble. He didn't come through the ministry to start Crossroads. He came from the marketplace, called to the ministry, to start the church. And it's his familiarity, his background, and his experience in the marketplace that probably made him say, why are those guys hanging around on their laptops? And then to find that pattern and do something with it. And I think that's a great lesson for all of us to take our back, our backward looking experiences. And if you're a pastor or you're somebody who's trying to work faith and work ministry inside of your church, you can bring that perspective to see what's going on around you. And there might be an accelerator sitting inside of you. I don't know, but I was really impressed by that. It meant a lot. And what I was encouraged by is it could be an accelerator. It could be 
job readiness training. Yeah, exactly. It could be, you know, helping people review resumes. Depends on what your church is struggling with and what your community is struggling with. That that talk about how they've integrated all of those different services is just really fascinating. And I think of how the church, depending on where you are with your context, might be able to be one of those services. Or it could be an accelerator as well, of course. Right. And maybe the modern day open door church is free Wi-Fi. <laughs> <laughs> you know, free Wi-Fi and coffee, free Wi-Fi and coffee and all are welcome. And, and I think the last thing I would say is it really hammers something that I know I feel is that increasingly our witness to people is through the marketplace. I think that story about free Wi-Fi and coffee is, is just so good of, you know, that is how people are going to learn about Jesus is through work. And through the marketplace, and increasingly they don't walk into random churches on Sundays, even with an invitation from a good friend. That's not the first encounter they have with someone of the faith. And so it's just so inspiring to think about what small things could do to now bring people into these programs, like what Scott's doing, and asking them, hey, you know, we don't assume you have the same relationship with the Almighty or that you have any relationship with what we consider Almighty God, but we'd love to talk to you about it. And you're here because we offer some other things, but that's what we want to talk about at some level. Henry, thanks for bringing Scott forward. That was a blessing. Thank you so much for joining us for today's show. We are very grateful for the opportunity to serve the larger faith-driven entrepreneur community. We derive great joy from interacting with many of you, and it has been extraordinarily rewarding to see people come into the site and the podcast now from more than 100 countries. That's right, 100 It's very important to us, of course, to make sure that we hear from you. So our hope is that you'll feel as if this is your show and that you'll help make it something that best equips you for your entrepreneurial journey, one that you're proud of and you want to share with others. To do that, please visit faithdrivenentrepreneur.org backslash survey and share with us your feedback. You know, this podcast, it wouldn't be possible without the help from many of our friends. Executive producer Justin Foreman, program directors Nicole Dickens and Adora Jones. Music by Carl Cadwell, and you can hear more of his work at summerdregs.com. Audio and editing by Richard Barley of Cornerstone Church in San Francisco. Mm-hmm.